Welcome to the Infertility Feelings Podcast. I am Jesse Brown. And I am Doug Brown. Yep, that's your name. <laughs> we are so excited for this week's guest. It is Carrie from Blooming with Care, and she has an amazing story. She has one of the most uh, one of the most crazy stories I think I've ever heard. And yeah. I've just I've been blo- I was blown away by who she is and Man, what she even taught us in this conversation. It was wonderful. Yes, I learned so many things, and she just is such a passionate lady, and I'm so excited, and I want to be your best friend. We, I mean, when you do a podcast with someone, do you be, you kind of become their best yeah, friend. Yeah, you do, for an hour. I One of it. the things that we were really excited about as a couple and as like you know running Uniquely Knitted was we've met so many amazing people online, and we get to know them and they're awesome and you kind of get snapshots of their life. But doing this podcast was an opportunity for us to really have longer conversations with people and get to know more of their story and more of kind of like what, what inspires them and what drives them to do what they're doing. Because not everybody shares their story. No, online. no. It's very rare for somebody even to share. So, and I knew a little bit about her story, but to f- hear the whole entire thing in detail is just really, really, really powerful. This is perfect for anyone who is struggling with infertility or wants to know what it feels like to struggle with infertility and to have such an up and down story. It's really beautiful. I'm excited. So yeah. we're without really, further ado, here is Carrie <laughs> from Blooming with Care. Hi, we're so excited you're here. <laughs> yes, we're so excited you're here. Um, okay, first. Where are you from? Oh. What's that. going on in your day? Um, I'm from Chico, California. Ooh. My amazing, fabulous brother was just here. I just drove him an hour and a half south to Sacramento to fly on the airplane. Oh, my gosh. And um, it was a lot of surprised fun because he kind of surprised us. And so it was Aww. a lot of like, oh, we're going to have fun. But today's his birthday. So it was like oh, a whole fun. week of birthday celebrating. It was such an unexpected treat. Oh, so you didn't know he was coming. No, I mean, he told us 24 hours before he was coming. Oh, that's <laughs> very him. It's surprise very visit. <laughs> surprise. That's I love so a good funny. surprise visit. It's yes, hard to surprise anyone now because you can hardly travel. So it's good that yes. you could, he could even do that. I know. That's awesome. He was like, can you pick me up from the airport? I was like, I'll figure it out. Absolutely. <laughs> so in Chico, if you're in Chico, that means you're surrounded by fire, right? Absolutely. Are you okay? Yes. Uh, we are okay. Uh, the, a lot of our surrounding towns are not okay. Uh, oh. We had the campfire in two, uh, two years ago in 2018, and that really devastated the town next to us. And so the fact that they're having to evacuate again is Gosh. not feeling very good. But oh. um, I was just having this discussion with my husband this morning as he was leaving for work because he works in paradise. And oh, I wow. said, do we need to be worried? And he was like, we live in a grassland area. It's, you know, paradise is surrounded by trees. Yeah, yeah. more <laughs> Flammable. I'm like, okay, okay. Even though when I drove down to take my uh, brother to the airport, I was like, well, I'm taking the dogs just to make sure that we're all together. Yes, <laughs> yes, good. Like pack mentality the whole time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. It's hard. I think people outside of California just think that the entire West Coast is on. I mean, it is kind of on fire, but yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Sure. It's I mean it's the mountains, but it's it's scary. I go, I get all my Midwest family texting me. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah. yes, we're okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it just seems it's like when an earthquake happens in like somewhere really far, they're like, are you okay? Right. Well, I, I think, think you like, forget yeah. like how big California yeah. is. Yeah, right. Like right. if I dr- go to the East Coast, you can like drive through like 12 states or something, and yeah, yeah. we're still in what would be California. Right. Totally. And we could dr- like from like Georgia to New York would be from us driving to you. <laughs> Yeah. That's like so how true. big California is. Yes. Yes. So true. Crazy. I love it here. I absolutely love California. Yes. 
Okay. So today we're going to talk about your story and then we're going to talk about how you were feeling. So first we want to hear, where did it all start? Like you and your husband sat down one day, let's try to have a baby or what, what, what was that? So we got married in 2014 and we knew we wanted to start trying to have a baby immediately. And we tried, we tried right away. Um, it was fun at first until it wasn't. Uh huh. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Everyone's like, Oh, you're having sex with your husband. And you're like, yeah, but when you want an outcome, it changes so much. Um, so true. So we tried naturally for four years. And within that four years, I became depressed. I really turned to alcohol Mm. to kind of hide a lot of the feelings. Mm -hmm. A lot of, if not most of my friends were getting pregnant. And that was Mm. extremely, extremely difficult to deal with. In fact, I think that was probably the hardest part for me Mm. was letting go of the life that I thought I was going to live and Mm -hmm. watching everybody else around me live it. And I had to work through in a lot of therapy just to be able to say that sentence Mm. of I'm not living the life I thought, but that doesn't mean it's worse or better. Right. Um, I've done a lot of work with like acceptance of where we are, but during that early stages, I had none of that Mm. and I didn't know anybody dealing with infertility. So I felt very alone. Mm. We told people we were trying, but we never told people that I was crying on the bathroom floor all the time right. or that, right. um, you know, we were trying all the herbs and acupuncture and it was more of like, well, of course this is going to happen because this is happening for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so around year four, uh, I had finally told my gynecologist that we had been trying for so long and she was like, oh, wow. what are you doing? Right. You need to be at a fertility clinic. Yeah. And right. Like, oh, but, but that was so scary for me because then I thought, well, now we have to admit that there's totally. a problem. Totally. I, I don't like to Can do we that. pause right I'm there? That yeah. is such a big deal for people. Yeah. Like yeah. they don't want to go get checked. And sometimes I really encourage because I'm like, it could be one little thing. And, and it could be something so simple. It yes. Could be something so simple. It Ours could not, not be. But, for, but you never know. And that's the thing. You, you just never know. And I remember when we met with the fertility clinic and we found out that my husband had, had a low sperm count mm-hmm. and- we, you know, they, we discussed our options and my husband did a, um, a spreadsheet, a spreadsheet. He loves Excel and <laughs> I love he, like, it. you know, came to the doctor with a spreadsheet and was like, well, if we do this, this many times, this is, this should be the outcome. And they were like, we love that you are so excited about having <laughs> yeah. a baby that you made the spreadsheet out of it. But each separate column is its own time because every right. single time you do it, there's different factors. So true. And it was like, oh, so we can't compare ourselves to other people because we're unique as everyone is unique in this. Right. And that, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. So then right. we became great candidates for IVF. Okay. Uh, we started right away. We had our egg retrieval. Um, we did our first transfer. I became pregnant. And then around week eight, uh, I lost the baby. I Ugh. had a miscarriage. Didn't deal with it right away. Was definitely like, it's fine. We have something mm. to do. Um, yeah. I felt like I was very like, you know, positive. It's, we have a next step. We have a plan. Right. How many eggs did you have at that point? We had four. Four. four okay. Okay. And we you didn't do any s- testing. We were kind of advised not to. So yeah. Neither we did like, we. We didn't do any we? testing either. You yeah. said you feel um, like you had a plan w- what do you mean you had a after you like we'll you just do the next just do it again it okay keep going right over again wow, okay keep going yeah and i remember it was about two weeks after my miscarriage and i i lost it i mm. absolutely lost it and i felt like i wasn't really acknowledging the grief that i had 
And I remember crying to my principal. I was a teacher at the time. Mm-hmm. It was not the first time I cried to him. He cr- heard me cry a lot. But this time, <laughs> he was like, uh, maybe you need some time off. And mm. That's amazing. Teacher, That's amazing oh, that yeah. he even offered that. That's huge. Yeah, no, he's so, he still is amazing, but he was very supportive throughout all of that. Hmm. And the fact that I, I also want to point on this, I started sharing our story with him and he had told us that he was struggling. And oh my God. I oh my word. That, and it like just opened up this whole new connection between us to where it was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So you kind of understand they have children, but they were like, we had some issues. We know what it feels like. We know yeah. where the clinic is that you're going to. Wow, oh my Isn't gosh. that amazing? See, I feel like, yes, when you share, sometimes, yes, you're going to get the comments, the horrible mm-hmm. comments, but mm-hmm. then sometimes it's amazing what happens Yeah. of like, I've had so many people go, oh yeah, I struggled. Oh, back in the day, da, da, da. You know, there's, there's so, and that so was amazing. a big part for me that like really pushed me to continue to share because so many people started coming out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to like hold on to all of this. And right. how do you feel? How do you deal with that? Because I had known for the past four years, I was not dealing with it very well. Mm. Um, how do you feel? Not to say, how do you feel like, you know, at that point you're starting to tell more people, do you feel like, did you ever feel like you were living kind of two separate realities? Like Absolutely. one reality over here, you were really struggling. One reality over here, you were, t- did, did they ever meet to where you were fully sharing yes. your full and reality? Yes, I felt like when they started to meet, when I started to be really honest with like how sad I was, how depressed I was, mm. how, you know, our marriage was strong, but our sex life wasn't good. Like when I started mm. to share that, um, I got so much greatness that came out of it of mm. people really connecting with me that honestly, I never knew even like some of some like elderly women that I were friends with were like, yeah, that, that happened to me too, you know, 60 yeah. years ago. Yes. I've had that too. Um, How did that feel to I, have people validate you like that? Oh, uh, I mean, that is literally that the word validating me is mm. why I became a coach Yes, because mm. I wanted, I would want to help me when I was, you know, mm. six years ago being like, Hey, all these feelings that feel really shameful, mm. they're super valid and they're normal. And yes. it's actually a human, that's how humans work, but we're not really taught to express them or be approached in a positive way. Like I was so jealous and that mm. was, that's not a that's not a good emotion as we call it, but it's yeah. still a human emotion yeah, that we yeah. have to feel. And so right. I started to like kind of really gravitate towards a lot of people's feeling uh, um, experiences. On, but on the flip side of that, that came with a lot of advice from a lot of people because most of those people right. had children and they're like, oh, well, you have to do this, you have to do that. Yep. And it was like, and that, you know, at first I was like, I'm taking this all down and I'm taking it all in. And then it was like, okay, so I've tried all that and it's still right. not working. And then I felt bad Mm -hmm. because it still wasn't working. But, um, so we were still at the clinic. Okay. We're still, um, you know, working towards that. And then we had our second transfer and that's when I became pregnant with Clementine. Mm. And I, which I love that uh, name by the way. Oh my gosh. That was my husband picked that name. That is the cutest name. That's it. That's it. Cutest name. Um, and I was pregnant with her for eight months mm. and I developed a rare liver pregnancy disease called cholestasis of pregnancy. Mm. And, um, it usually, uh, is pretty manageable. It's about two to 3% chance that you will lose your child. We happen to be part of that percentage. <sighs> I think we caught it pretty late, like too late in the game. Oh. And, um, was there we symptoms? lost her in May. 
Oh uh, yeah, there were tons of signals. So okay. you become extremely itchy. That's like the main thing is you're itchy like all over. Wow. And um, because mm, I'm not super sure of the actual like medical terms, but I know that my liver basically wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing mm. and bile had gotten into my blood and that's oh, what gosh. made me itchy. And oh, it crossed geez. the barrier over to Clementine. And um, oh. yeah, that was a life changer for us. It was really, yeah. it changed who we are. It's still changing us. It will yeah. forever change us. Um, Can you define and, that time? What was, what your feelings were? What was the feeling? Um, I'd say probably for the first, like when I found out when we went to the hospital, cause like one night I was like, I don't feel her normal kicks. Let's mm. go in. I just thought it was going to be a normal situation. And then they all came in. I remember all the nurses came in at the same time when they formed like a rainbow around us. And I was like, Oh my God, like, why is everyone in here? Yeah. So at that point you didn't know. Nope. We didn't know. We had a feeling because they had been searching for the heartbeat, but they couldn't find it, but no one had told us yet. So we were like, maybe, maybe everything's okay. And then the head nurse had said, you know, there's no heartbeat. And we just, we cried. They cried. We cried together. It was this. And then I probably cried for maybe 30 minutes and I felt a switch in me of like, Mm. okay, I need to handle this. Like, how Mm. do I deal with this? I think I got very protective of my husband Mm. because he, I mean, he's not super emotional, but he's aware of his emotions, but, um, I just wanted to make sure he was okay. And, um, I started calling family members. My mom was at our house. I want to make sure my mom wasn't okay. So I started calling my mom. I think I tried to control things that I could control because I had lost so much control that I needed to grasp onto anything that I could. Mm, And um, looking back, that was very helpful for me instead of like just drowning, especially because they put me on a lot of drugs and Mm. um, I came like in and out of aware of what was happening, but very thankful for those drugs. Um, but, uh, it was a blurry, blurry time. Mm. And then I remember, I was just telling my uh, brother this recently, I remember lying in the bed saying, we need to find something that we're grateful for. And my husband was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to find anything I'm grateful for in this moment. And I was like, I've done all the work. I have all the tools. All the books say we have to. Yeah. <laughs> we I read this. <laughs> and um, I remember my husband saying something like, "I oh yeah," he said, I, "I'm glad that you're okay," because it came out later that my husband had feared that I was going to die, which that oh, never yeah. entered my brain. Right. Because oh. I was like, "I'm fine. I'm fine." But he was like, "I." I thought maybe I was going to lose you, which I was like, oh my God, are you serious? But oh my God, there's bile. if there's like bile in your blood, that's not good. It's not good. Exactly. Right. And, um, so can I ask you a really personal I, question? Did you yeah, give absolutely. birth to Clementine? I did. Yes. Okay. I delivered her. Yes. What was yes. like for someone yeah. that has had that, what was that experience like? Um, it was way less scary than I expected. Interesting. I'll have to say. Like I, I mean, I was very high on drugs. I will continue to say that. Like I okay. had all the drugs and, yeah. um, <laughs> I feel like they do that. They're like, mm-hmm, yeah. let's give her some stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> some happy juice. And, um, I remember when she came out, I, the, cause they had, they had, we had such a wonderful staff and they were mm. like, before, before I delivered, they're like, do you want to hold your baby? Yeah. Are you going to name your baby? And I was like, I, and I said, I don't know how to answer any of these questions because mm. I didn't, yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know. How could you, and how could you make that yeah. those decisions right there that quickly, you know? And 
say I do. I am thankful because um, they kept pressing the questions, okay. which mm. at the time I was like, stop asking me. But right. it was the right thing to me for me to keep coming back and consider like, what do I want to do? How do I want to handle this? And again, right. we still didn't know. But um, when we delivered her, because we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, okay. I had always had dreams that it was a girl, but we had decided to wait. And, mm. you know, they say it's a girl, which is like, <sighs> you know, and it's very quiet in the room. And um, my midwife just like put her in my arms. Mm. Like she didn't even give me a choice. Mm. And the yeah. second she was in my arms, I'm going to cry. The second she was in my arms, yeah. like everything felt right in the world. Mm. Like she was perfect. She was beautiful. She was very tall. I'm, I'm pretty tall. And um, they were like, she's so long. And my husband was like, my wife is long. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm crying. Oh. Um, but it was, holding her and it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be I I don't know what I pictured but um she was absolutely perfect she had my husband's nose and I have a very prominent family nose so that was like a big deal that the nose did not pass on oh my gosh my gosh Um, held her for a long time you know they there was one nurse there that really was amazing. And she kept saying, we're going to leave her in here. And I was like, I don't know if I want her to be in here. And they yeah. said, we're going to leave her with you, which yeah. I, I am so thankful for because we got to be with her. Yes. Right. That's and, so amazing um, that nurses, it's like, yeah, they just know. They know. They're like, uh-huh. No, you, you do. You do. That's amazing. I, my husband kind of was of the mindset of like, no, let's just get her out of the room right, and, right. you know, kind of bury it like right. let's get it out but we needed to we needed to have those moments with her because that's how yeah. we know her that's how we know and then the nurse said you know would you like me to take pictures and I was like I don't know yeah and the nurse said I'm just gonna take pictures and if you don't want them I will hold them for a year and you can come back oh my yeah. gosh and, that's wow. amazing yeah. How and much, literally we yeah. left the hospital and I went home and I said mom go back and get the picture <laughs> yes I need the picture. yes <laughs> smart much, woman how much do you feel like those moments right after delivery and just being there with her, um, what part did they play in your process of healing and processing all of that, you know? And do you feel like it would have been different if you didn't have them? I do. I absolutely do because we have those moments to hold on to and Mm -hmm. to remember and, you know, like even naming a lot of people don't name their child, but, um, I don't, I don't know what week it is after, but you have to fill out a death report. So you have to put some oh, name. Wow. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. I didn't know and, that. um, we decided to give her the name that we had picked, which we had mixed feelings about. Cause we were like, well, we really like this name. Do we give it to another child that lives? Right. But I, cause my husband was kind of like, I'm not, do we still do this? And I was like, this is Clementine. Like this is mm. her. Right. And because of that, we have something to hold on to and go back to and talk yeah. about and, you know, like I have Clementines in my office. I have a Aww. tattoo of Clementine. Oh. Like it's very, I love that. It's amazing. It's still such a huge part of us. And I love that we really, you know, we talk to her every day still. Oh, yeah. We still that. try to keep her in our life to acknowledge that it happened and, you know, accept it and be able to really hold on to those feelings. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know because they didn't just take her out of our room, but I feel like those those memories are what we have of her face to face. Like right. I recently had a dream with her in it and mm-hmm. I was very nervous for this because I knew this was going to happen. And yeah. she was kind of like a, like a doll. Like she was very limp. 
Hmm. But it felt very good. Like I felt the love and the warmth in the dream when I woke up and I was talking about it with my husband. He was like, well, that's, that's the only way that we know her. We don't know her as like a rambunctious baby. Like you're right. Right. Wow. Gosh. It's so (laughs) that story. (laughs) That's a lot to take in. Gosh. I know. Um, But, but you, 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 I feel like you've taught me a lot, even just yeah. in, because we talk a lot about accepting your reality when you're going through infertility or when you're struggling to grow your family, mm-hmm. right? That it's difficult to accept your reality. It's difficult to accept that things aren't turning out the way you want. I don't know if there's a better, uh, like hard, but difficult uh, and but inspiring picture of, of, of you, like holding Clementine in your hands than mm-hmm. saying like, this is our reality. It's, at at one point incredibly painful but beautiful but somber but it's like this giant mix of things yeah Mm -hmm. like it it was so beautiful but it's so like gut-wrenching at the same time right and when we uh after we lost clementine i got us to like a grief counselor oh that's i was like i don't know what to do you know i I, I coach people, but I don't coach people through this. Yeah, so yeah. I um, found someone online and it was only like three days later and we went and I actually didn't leave the house for a month except to go see the grief counselor. Oh, okay. And, um, which makes sense. She, she was like, uh, you guys are, you know, oh, what did she say? Oh yeah. How did you ever think about like not suing them, but, oh, do you blame anybody? That's what I said. Do you oh, yeah. blame anybody? Mm. And we had never really talked about it, but we both looked at them. And we said, no. Like this isn't right. anybody's fault. And we were approached uh, to uh, somebody had asked us like, are you interested in suing? And we said, oh, wow. absolutely not. Right. And my husband's response was, even if we were to get a pile of money, that's not going to bring our daughter back. So I'm not interested in anything to do with that. Right. So true. And it's the acceptance part of like, yeah. we're, yes. obviously this is not the reality that we want, but it's what it's where we're at and mm-hmm. we can grow from here and we're going to sit in the muck and the darkness and the mud. Yeah. We're going to be okay. And I knew that I was, I knew that when it was happening, I was like, this is awful, but I know I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Gosh. Whew. Um, so in that time of that month that you didn't leave the house, what would be a typical day that you would experience? Like what, what emotions would you feel in that, in that time? So it was very quiet mm. for a lot, lots of tears. My mother, my mother-in-law and my husband stayed with me the whole time. That's amazing to have awesome community I, like that. Oh my God. It was so, I felt very lucky to, I didn't want to be alone. Like there were, my husband had to go to work for like an hour to go pick up something from the office. Actually, he was like, I'm going to go back to work. And he went in and was like, I can't be here. Like he's a doer. So he yeah. wanted yeah. to like get back into the way of things. And he immediately came home when I was like, I was alone. I didn't like it. So that was hard. But once I said, I, I didn't want to be alone, I had people there. And I also, um, I, since we had shared our story so much, we had a huge community uh, uh, of support and love God, that wanted so to show up. And so I shared on social media and I said, if you'd like to stop by, the door might be open. It might not be. Wow. Um, and I let, I kept it open because I, and I, like I said, I, I said, if it's closed, I don't want to be bothered, yeah. but I liked having people around me and asking questions and showing up. And I got to share Clementine's life with oh, her and her birth yeah. story. Yes. And um, I, I really appreciate that. I know that not everybody wants to have everybody come over, but it was something right. that made me feel better. And honestly, it helped me like 
get out of bed, be yeah. like, okay, well, somebody might show up. So I'm yeah. at least, I'm going to not shower, but yeah. I'm going to put my pants on. Cry. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. I had a girlfriend who lost her older brother and so many of my, I was just so used to being like, how are you doing? And asking her all the time how she was doing. And all my friends would be like, you ask her all the time, like, ah, you know what I mean? And they would, and, and I'll never forget her telling my other friends, I want to talk about it. That's how I'm keeping his Absolutely. memory alive. Yeah. But people yeah. think when, when someone dies, it's like, oh, tiptoe, like don't bring up the elephant yeah. in the room. And if anything, I have yeah. experienced the opposite of like their face lights up when you ask about them because you're like, oh, I get to talk about him and, and someone didn't forget, you know? Because it's not like you're and not thinking about it. You're, you're always, exactly. thinking, always about it. thinking about it. That's what she said. Yeah. Like a meme or something towards like, don't, you know, don't be afraid to bring up their name because yeah. you think that person's not thinking about them. They're always thinking about them. Always. 100%. Always. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything that tra anything tragic that happens in your life, even you lose a job, yeah. you anything, relationship issues. When someone brings it up, it's like, oh gosh, finally, I've been thinking about this all day. Here's mm -hmm. my opportunity yeah. to like let it out, you know? Right. For me, it makes me feel a little bit lighter. Like I'm almost like sharing the weight of it, even yes. though I don't want to say it's as heavy as it is because I, I really am thankful for this experience. Obviously I want her in my life, but she's yeah. in my life just in a different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we, I have, I completely changed my life when she, when we lost her, like it was very clear of like who I wanted in my life. I wow. quit my teaching job because oh, I was yeah. like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this isn't worth my time. Life is short. Yeah. Mm. And, um, I really started to prioritize what I wanted for myself. Mm. Yeah. How did you do that? <laughs> like, I feel um, like people go into the despair. You know what I mean? Like that would yeah. be, and this is not, yeah, that was there I, you too. Know, I did. I remember one of my girlfriends was like, like, let's just sit around and eat cookies and get fat. And I was like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Like, I'm in. <laughs> Sounds like a great Friday night to me. Um, I think a big part of it for me too, was that I uh, decided to stay sober for about two months after mm, um, we lost time. That's amazing. Not like, I don't know. And it was funny because I remember even going in the doctor's office and they're like, you know, because I have liver issues. So like I don't drink a ton, but they're like, you know, it, you can drink every now and then. I was like, I feel, I mean, I'm not sober now, but they were like, if you want to partake, like this is a, you know, in a healthy way, yeah. things can come up. And I was like, I needed this clarity that I mm. didn't have before. And I needed to like feel everything and not hide it. Mm. Yeah. And I think a big part of me really allowing myself to be sad and scared and mm. disappointed opened up a lot of other areas for me to feel strong and empowered and almost this like balance of, okay, well I can feel because I'm feeling these not so happy emotions, I get more of the happy emotions. Yeah. And we tried a lot of like rituals and like therapies and mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I had the tools to where I was like, okay, yeah use them and I also come from a very long line of extremely strong women and I think that that has always been like like I didn't have a choice like it was like well of course you're strong you're a lost in which is my maiden name like you're a lost yeah. woman ah. you're strong and it was like okay well and when you are told that your whole life you believe it you know? right yeah. <laughs> but I think some people think strong like oh you're strong you don't feel anything you get yeah. and yeah. I'm not saying that that's and what your that, family was doing I'm just saying no 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 yeah even yeah. though maybe my past family might have done that I am very much like I feel everything yeah yes. yeah, yeah it reminds me of one of the therapists that we work with uh says that 
grief is the pain that heals all other pains. And I think oh, it's just yes. so true that, yes. you know, grief, grief is a pain <laughs> and it hurts, but through hurting in that way, you heal all these other pains. And it sounds like that's exactly what you were doing. You were diving into the grief, which was painful, yep. but by Absolutely. doing that happiness, you know, started to come out, joy started to come out because you were dealing with that pain. Yeah. And I had never dealt with that much pain, let alone that kind of grief prior. So I had never experienced it, but it really kind of like somebody the other day was like, it's like you had a breakthrough. And I was like, hmm. I feel like it was more of a breakdown, but yeah. I guess <laughs> it was a breakthrough. Ooh, no. there's another post idea too. That's good. I'm I breaking down, not through. Yeah, I'm breaking right. down, not but through. But I, I see where you're coming from, but I, yeah. you know, I didn't yeah. feel like there was one moment where there was like this epiphany of, oh, here it goes. It was like, bit by bit, you know, mm. I was able to go outside and right. do things that were still like a normal life ish. But I remember our grief counselor saying, you're going to go out into the world and you're going to be live, you know, people are going to be living their everyday lives. And you're going to think, how come you don't know that my daughter died? Like, yes. it's this, you know, and she's like, and you're going to have to get really comfortable with that feeling. And that yeah. was like, well, that doesn't sound comfortable. Fun. And she's like, it's not, but right. You'll, right. You'll do it. Right. What would be your advice to someone that is in that exact situation? I would really recommend reaching out to a therapist mm -hmm. hugely. I, I mean, I'm a big therapist lover anyways. I've Me gone too. off and on to therapy since I was in fifth grade. It's completely changed my life. How, and honestly, my husband and I almost, when we were there, we left our therapist session going, because she said, you guys are going to be fine. Like, you know, we were laughing in the session. Yeah, yeah. She said, if it's only been a few days and you're still like laughing with each other, said you're going to be fine. And we walked out thinking, oh my God, a certified person said, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to be okay. <laughs> we're gonna can be you okay. sign that? And can I, I need your Can I put signature? that a tattoo on my forehead? I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Like yeah. She said. <laughs> right. Um, and so again, everyone deals with it differently, but finding ways to honor mm. that pain or that person that, um, that you miss, mm -hmm. like one of and the grief counselor had told us, you know, I want you to say good night, Clementine every day. Oh. And we do that still to this day. And it's like a cute, it's not sad. Right. It's not yeah. this like, Oh gosh. I mean, sometimes it's sad, but yeah. for the majority of the time, it's like, we're just still checking in with you and letting you know right. that we still love you. That's amazing. Which means that we love ourselves. Yes. And, um, and finding, I think like little ways like that to keep, I don't want to say keep the pain alive, but to keep like the memories and mm. that part of you and honoring that part of who you are, because grief literally changes you. Yes. So, you know, we have a lot of like, um, like we have a Clementine tree outside mm, and yeah. whenever we take like a family picture, we're like, Oh, well we have to go by the tree and I love that. Um, we, I do a lot of like burning ceremonies, like with full moons and stuff to where like yeah. I'll write stuff down and just burn it. And there's something that feels so good about mm. seeing it disintegrate in front yeah. of your eyes where like, it's not here anymore. I might write the same things down next time, right. but it feels like a release. Mm. Right. That's yeah, amazing. In, in so many ways you're keeping amazing. her a part of your reality, you yeah. know, because yeah. saying good, good night to her, having, you know, these mementos and tokens, it's like, she's, she's there. She's, because you know, she is your yeah. reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she is. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it's like, reality. she's part of your reality no matter what. But it, for all of us, if we just, you know, take things out of our life, 
we start to lose, you know, our acknowledgement of them. And it sounds like and you're I doing so like many good ways to do, do that. And I feel like if you do take them out, a lot of times they come back and like they show up in weird ways. That yes. you're like, oh, I don't know how to handle this. They're here. I haven't felt this way for a while. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's what kind of what I, trauma can do, right? Is like if you yes. if you've been that's a, the situation you went through is a traumatic situation. But if we kind of just move it away, all of a sudden you go to the grocery store and there's a Clementine. Yeah, a Clementine. You know, you see something yes. like that, and it's like all of a sudden you are back in that. And it's funny the room, that you say grocery you know? store because the grocery store is one of my biggest triggers. Really, still, to this day. Interesting. Mm. There's a there's a grocery store like a block away from us. They saw me pregnant. I was very oh. scared oh. to go back. Yeah. You know, I went there three times a day when I'm like I'm making cookies and I forgot something, and so right, like they right. would know me. Oh wow. And to this day when I go to the grocery store, a lot of times I'll cry and mm. I'm okay with that now. In the beginning, it was like, Oh gosh, like I'm crying in public, but now I just, I'm the person that cries in public yeah. every now yeah. and then. And it's <laughs> it okay. Yeah. And sometimes people are like, are you okay? And most of the times I'm like, I'm fine. Sometimes I'll say, Oh, my daughter died and I'll share it. That's rare, mm -hmm. but yeah. I get to choose where I want to like let those people in. Cause you know, you can get into a long conversation with a stranger about that. I don't yeah. normally want to do that. <laughs> right. But I do know that like, if I'm having a hard day and my husband like asked me to go to the store, he's like, are you going to be okay? It's mm. like, yeah, I'll be fine. I right. might cry, but I'll be fine. Like yeah. it's fine. Right. And just because you cry, that's okay. That, you know, yeah. It doesn't. You know, yeah. 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 Um, Oh, what was my question? Thing I never. <laughs> so, uh, to take us forward in the story a little bit, is there, oh. Wait, no, can what, I ask what my comes, question? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask my question? So <laughs> I was like, wait, back. lost it. <laughs> I need my coffee. Um, uh, how did you combat comments that weren't helpful in that time? Or did you feel like you got a lot of them? That I feel like is something that people with infertility and in yeah. this kind of part of their story. And especially it's miscarriage. Really it's really like, hard. Especially with miscarriage at such a late stage, it's everyone knows in a way because it was yes. visible. Yes. yes, yes. So you're yes. going to get comments. Yeah. How did you yes. deal and with so, that? I feel like I really had built up a tolerance for my six years previous of try this, try yeah. that. Yeah, and I had yeah. to really know that I think it comes from love for the most, like, you know, it comes out of love and people want to help you and it makes them uncomfortable when you're like, this is my reality. And I got much more comfortable with saying like, oh, well, you know, I actually had a miscarriage and a stillborn. So like, I, I do want kids, but I'm struggling. Mm. And I, I, I came, I became very comfortable with letting other people be uncomfortable because I think I used to yeah. want to like make sure they're okay with the situation. Right. And, right. um, you know, like we just saw some friends that I hadn't seen for 20 years this weekend and they're like, Oh, are you going to have kids? And like, everybody looked at me and it was like, <laughs> well, well, you're going to learn today. today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My brother was like, Oh gosh. I'm like, it's fine. I won't make a scene. But right. I will be honest and I'm, you know, coming from a space where I was very depressed and turned to alcohol in the early years of infertility, that did not feel good. And I know I don't want to be there. Yeah. And to do that, my personal journey was to tell the truth and be more honest with people, mm. which as we know, makes people uncomfortable, but right. it's not our job to make them feel uncomfortable. And once I made that shift of like, you get to feel however you want to feel about this. It has, that right. has nothing to do with me, actually. Right. That's you. I mean, it took me a long time to get there. Yep. I became much more comfortable with telling people the truth. Like, there was um, somebody we hadn't seen probably for about eight years that came into our lives recently. She didn't know any of our story. We told her our story. And she was like, well, 
you know, you're going to keep trying. Right. And it was like, we are, but we, we do have boundaries. Like we can't, right. we know that we're not going to try forever because right. we can't live in this space forever. Right. We've set up boundaries. Sometimes those boundaries change, but we acknowledge and communicate those boundaries. Right. And I was being very real with her and she kept saying, well, you don't sound very optimistic. And it was mm. like, I don't have to be optimistic. Yeah. You're like, I am not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I've actually been like, you know, we've been trying for so long and there's been no, 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 no's that it weighs you down and that's right. okay. Right. Or also with the, um, the comment of, well, I know you're going to be a mother. And it's like, yeah. no, you don't. Yeah. No, you, you don't. don't know that. Yep. We still have people. <laughs> and I don't know that either. And that's okay. It's uncomfortable yeah. to know that it's okay. Right. But I think people want to like live in this hopeful world and it's like mm -hmm. actually and I don't have to be like rude about it you know it can right. be like even though sometimes I am I will be honest sometimes <laughs> I'm like nope I'm not that's here not to helpful make you. Yeah. yeah right exactly yeah. just but depends on what mood I'm in yes because I'm the exactly, same mm -hmm. exactly I have built enough confidence in myself knowing that I'm accepted to where I'm at and I can share that with somebody else and how they react is their response not yes. not mine Amen. Yes. Yeah, I've, I'm I've, a hairdresser. I had to really yeah, yeah. learn that skill really <laughs> yeah, bad. Very quickly. It's like a deflect. It's not like a deflection, like throwing it back on them. It's just not, I, I just learned, I don't know if I should say thick skin or something, yeah, but it was like, like a, a thing of like, you're going to tell me to relax and I'm just going to throw it right back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and yeah. okay. You know what I mean? And not yeah. have it. And I think because I had so many awesome people in my life that I was truly authentic with that those comments just became less and less painful. Because and they understand it and yeah. they're like, oh, and they might need to hear it nine, 12 times, right? Yeah. but right. they still keep showing up. Cause I had, I lost a lot of friends during infertility oh, that were like, right. I can't handle you. Like saying that you don't know if you're going to be a mom anymore. And it was like, but I don't know if I'm going to yeah. be a mom. Yeah. So yeah. I wow. feel like a lot of, a lot of those comments and a lot of those things uh, that people say come out of their uncomfortability with you not getting what you want. Like they want, yeah. they have a vision of you that they want you to be happy so funny. and they want you to have, you know, kids or whatever. They, they are uncomfortable with you not being happy and having everything yes. going great yes. because it messes because up their reality, you know? Yes, exactly. Cause yeah. we're supposed to live this, like every, you know, everyone, especially I feel like on social media, it's like, we're happy and everything's yeah. good. Look at these beautiful pictures and don't get me wrong. I love that. But right. I also acknowledge that sometimes life is really difficult and no, you don't know if I'm going to be a mother and I don't know that. Right. And yeah. Right. And I feel like where Doug and I at, it's almost, I don't know if insult is a, if that's too strong of a word, but it's almost like when still people tell us like still thinking about you guys getting a baby. And I'm like, okay, we really don't have the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like, we really don't have the numbers for that. So stop. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's almost like, what would be a better word than insult? Not an insult. It's like a, it almost you like it yourself of like, yeah. you know, people are like, you're still not the best that you could be. Right. Like, I'm pretty good right now. Like, right. I'm pretty good right now. You're yeah. pretty good right now. Let's right. just be cool with where we're at, which again, I feel like comes back to that acceptance parts of like, yeah. this is where we're at. Yes. Yes. We're still trying to have a family, which I feel like, especially after losing Clementine, a lot of people are like, well, what are you going to do? Right. Like, yeah. Honestly, we go back and forth with knowing, but right. <laughs> we're just going to sit in this for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly what we did. Actually, right after we lost her we were like okay i think we still want to try but we weren't really okay. ready to like dip our toes into it yet uh -huh. it was like mm -hmm. this is going to be on the back burner and then i think so we lost her in may and it was around like september october um 
I said, you know, I think I'm ready to start talking about it. I think I want to look towards adoption. Mm. And my husband said, we still have two embryos left. I would like to pursue that somehow. Mm -hmm. And my amazing husband doesn't ask for much. And so when he, I felt like he like really said, I really want to try this. It was like, let's try it then because he does so many good things. And I wasn't like, I was just like, I want to explore a different avenue because honestly, when the doctor said, you probably shouldn't be pregnant anymore. Mm. It was a huge relief for me because I felt like, okay, I don't have to be in this position again. Like Mm. I don't have to be in the hospital bed, not taking my baby home. And that made me feel honestly hopeful because I was almost like, okay, well I can eliminate another thing. I can go do something else. Right. Right. So what was that process like? You have two embryos. So we have two, we had two embryos. And when my husband was like, I would like to pursue surrogacy. And it was like, okay, okay, well, what does that look like? And surrogacy as many parts of infertility is different for everyone. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I started just kind of talking about it with just some friends and we had three people volunteer. That's amazing. Wow. And we had a boundary. Like, I think I said, I started, we started talking about it like around October, September or something. And uh, I was like, if we don't find anybody by December, we're moving forward. I love boundaries. I love boundaries. <laughs> oh, love it. I knew I liked you. And um, Freedom through boundaries. I like it. Exactly. And um, three people volunteered and it was like, whoa, wow. I didn't even know how to handle that. Cause it was yeah. like, I don't know like, which path do I do? So we started with the person that was closest to us. Um, she, we still worked with our clinic. She was disqualified because of her age. Um, she was like, I'm, I think she was like 42, but the clinic was like, we can't do this, but right. other clinics would that, that, and that's to say like every story is different, but this was our clinic. Okay. And I said, you know, if you're comfortable, we're going to still explore. And she was like, absolutely. Please keep me in the loop. She's still in our loop. Okay. And then our midwife actually offered, wow. um, who delivered Clementine. Oh my God. Oh my was, word. I know it was, (laughs) there was a lot of weird mixed emotions with that, but it was an amazing situation. She ended up not being able to do it. Okay. And then a friend, um, that I had growing up that I hadn't seen in about 20 years contacted me and was like, Hey, I saw, I've been following your story online. Um, I'm interested. And it was like, wow, really? And that's who we're currently working with now. Oh my gosh. Wow. And having her in my life has brought this like, kid like fun in my life again because we were friends when we were kids yeah Yeah. hadn't seen each other in like 20 years and the first time i saw her she was getting pregnant with my baby and it was like hey (laughs) hey wow kind of weird but it's just a mind trip yeah Yeah. (laughs) remember this when we were kids oh and you have my kid oh that's weird okay i have to ask you because i've always wondered this what does it feel like to go use a surrogate like what what for me you know what does it feel like someone is carrying this embryo for you what does that feel like you said you were there in the moment when it was happening what are those emotions like it was very weird and it was i was so nervous but um do they do it like ivf honestly, they they put in yeah, the it's, like just like IVF. Okay. Yeah. it's just like ivf it's just like ivf it's just not me right. right okay um and uh it was surreal as my husband keeps continues to this day saying, I feel like this is somebody else's story because like, we're not mm. doing meds. We're not taking all of like the doctor appointments. And, um, oh, I see. Yeah. 
It, I mean, we do, well, I go to most of them. My husband still hasn't met her because our clinic is two hours away and um, she's three hours past that. Mm. So it's, it's still lovely, but um, it feels out of body, kind of out of sight, out of mind. Uh, it doesn't feel real. Like when I was there, when she was getting implanted, it was like, can I hold your hand? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like how do we do this? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't really know what to do here. Right. I'm usually the one on the table. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I don't know about your clinic, but ours like played classical music and it was really dark and it was very like, oh, okay. Like just like rebuilt it. So it's like very bright. It's actually oh. very beautiful. Oh, but, awesome. Like, copper and blues and golds everywhere. And everyone, I mean, I love our clinic. The people are lovely. So we were giggling the whole time. We're making mm. like Harry Potter jokes and um, it. it's, it's been lovely because I, I just absolutely, you know, I trust Becca as our surrogate's name. Mm. I trust Becca so much. And mm. like, I always have, when I was going to therapy, uh, when we were like first talking about getting a surrogate and I remember our, sur or our therapist asking like, you haven't talked to Becca in so long. Like, what if something intense comes up? Are you going to feel comfortable? And yeah. growing up with Becca, I was like, well, we've had intense conversations before. We were just mm. maybe like 15 or 18. So mm. yeah, I, and, and, and it has, which has been very nice, but um it when because we had our transfer uh Becca had the transfer a couple months ago and we had a miscarriage mm. and that was really difficult because I know how I would deal with that but mm -hmm. I've never had I've never dealt with Becca in a miscarriage before so that wow. I was really following her lead and I can tell that she was trying to protect me and I was trying to protect her yeah. but we were still being honest and it was hard and um, you know, we both cried, yeah. but yeah. how did you find out? Did she call you? Was she what the um, we were at the clinic? Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Oh, yeah. We were at the clinic because she was pregnant. Um, all of her numbers are great. And then we went to the clinic and we did the ultrasound and they said, you know, they said the number for the heartbeat. And I knew right away because we had had a miscarriage before. Mm. And I was like, this isn't going to work. And um, Becca was so sweet. And she's like, well, have you seen a baby bounce back? And the doctor was like, I have, but it's a miracle. And I was like, okay. I don't like the word miracle. Like, yeah, no, not, don't do so that. Comfortable. Like, don't miracle I've me. Held on yeah. for too yeah. many miracles yeah. before. <laughs> um, uh, and Becca was still really, you know, I trying to, I mean, she never dealt with infertility. So she didn't know what that was right. like. Um, but, and then we went back and there was no heartbeat and we both cried, but, mm. um, it was really sweet because the doctors had mentioned they're like, you guys giggle a lot for how much how like, hard this is. sorrow is involved. Yeah. We're like, I, it's sad, but we have each other. So mm -hmm. it's really comforting. And I have been extremely grateful for like knowing this person because I can be totally myself. And I mean, I probably would have been totally myself with a stranger anyways, but with us having history, you know, yeah. she sits yeah. on the chair and we're chatting about her family and telling, you know, how's your dad and things like that. So yeah there's this other element that makes it a lot lighter and more comfortable for me. And we both talk a ton. So we're both just like talk, 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 and then laughing. And that's mm. been, I remember when we left that actually appointment and I said, you know, if nothing else, like you being in my life has been really amazing and I'm super mm. thankful. And she started crying and she's like, well, I still want to give you a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so we have one more embryo, um, and she right away offered and said, we're going to do the next transfer. And I was like, I want you to like, give it 24 hours. And see right. How yeah. you feel about this. <laughs> Go think about it for a while. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And within uh, a few hours, she called me back and was like, 
everyone's on board. We're on board. And it was like, okay, okay. Because okay. you know, we've been very open of like, if there's anything you're not comfortable with, like even when we were making the contracts, I was calling her before I was talking to the lawyer being like, are you okay with this? Because I don't really yeah. know what's happening. And right. is this okay? So that has been kind of nice to, because we want to, you know, have her have the best experience possible in this. So, right. So what did that feel like after that? So, you know, it seems like it, it was hard in the office and it was, but it was kind of more on the lighter side. And then now what was the after weeks uh, after that? It hurt like about a week later, which I mm -hmm. kind of saw coming because I feel like that's what happened prior mm -hmm. to in my first miscarriage, but it was different because there's somebody else's emotions evolved. Right. Um, but uh, it was, it was a bit harder a few, I think it was a few days after. Um, and my husband has been very like through this whole thing. Nope. I'm not feeling, I'm not excited yet. You know, he is mm. holding his heart. in, even though he's like, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm really sad. And I was like, I know you very well. <laughs> you're like, yes, we know. <laughs> we yeah. know you're sad. <laughs> I know you're sad. You just don't know you're sad. I know you're sad. Yeah, you just don't know you're sad. That's how I would be. I'd that's be like, exactly my life. I want you to know that I'm stressed. Everyone around me, we all know you're stressed. We all know you're stressed. Doug. <laughs> Thank you for finally arriving there. Yeah. We are all there. How did you guys know? I didn't know. How did you know? <laughs> um, and when, you know, there was like a couple of nights after and we were in bed and we both started crying of like, man, like we feel like we should get a win in this. Like, yes. totally. my husband yeah. was like, statistically, this is supposed to happen <laughs> right. for us. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Of the science brain of like, my spreadsheet says. <laughs> right. Bring back out the spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. it, was, it was heavy. I think, um not having like the body experience mm. uh changed it a little bit if i maybe it was easier because of that maybe mm. it was easier because also i've been through it before and i kind mm. of knew what was going to come up but there was still another element to it but um i think the heavy communication with becca has been really helpful of like okay how are you feeling um I'm also baking a ton like baking is how i've been dealing with my yeah. emotions i love that that's a great coping Every Every time I show up to see her, I always have a ton of cookies. And she's like, you bake a lot. I was like, time processing these days. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I feel like too, like, that's so interesting that you said, like, it was almost less painful. It's like, well, when you have a miscarriage, you almost can sometimes blame your body, you know, like, yeah, oh, I did absolutely. something wrong. And that's yep. not necessarily this It's case. not part of it. Yeah. And yeah. then on the flip side of that, I want, I was like, Becca, this is not your body. You right. Know? She was like, well, I want, I don't know. And it was like, in my brain, your body's like, what are these ingredients? This yeah. This isn't us. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, so the next one will work, right? Because it'll be like, oh, we recognize you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is how my brain works. <laughs> right. Right. So how do you feel now? Where are you at today? Whatever this date um, is. September 20th. It changes. Okay. From time, you know, it changes all the time. Um, I feel like in the past few days, I'd seen a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. So I was like catching up with my story and feeling everybody in. It mm -hmm. feels hopeful. Mm. Um, I had a lot of my brother's friends here. So there was a lot of like men and one man who we grew up with kept asking me, he's like, I, I have so many questions, but is it okay if I ask? And I was like, thank you for asking because yes. I want to talk about, it, but I, I haven't seen you in so long. I don't know if you want to talk about like right. what I'm dealing with. Right. And so sharing that has felt really good. As I've mentioned before, it kind of makes me feel lighter and mm. I feel like I'm being more honest and authentic. When I show up in a room, people know where I'm coming from and yes. maybe 
because I'm not very good at it. I mean, I can be good at a game face. I feel like being a teacher, you had to like put that yeah. face on. But for the most part, people know what I'm feeling by my facial expressions. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. Right. Um, so I feel like since I have been open and sharing it a lot, it feels light. And, you know, we're not in a waiting period necessarily right now. We have a, in about two months, we're going to pick this back up again. So okay. it feels like there's still a plan for the future. And honestly, after this last, excuse me, after this last miscarriage, I said, are we done? Like, are mm -hmm. we done trying? Mm -hmm. And I had never said that before. Mm. And my husband said, you know, if you, I could be happy with the two of us. And I was like, okay, you saying that makes me know that I'm not ready yet, but I just want to explore how that feels. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I want to acknowledge that it's on the table. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, you know, I said, I think I would want to look at adoption. And he was like, okay, I would like some boundaries with that. And it was like, absolutely. Gosh, your guys' communication. I, I know. <laughs> Who says I just want boundaries in like a, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that though. Yeah. Well, I feel like um, there's a great quote about putting something on the table means you can take it off, but if you yes, never put it on the absolutely. table, then it's just this floating ambiguous thing over I here. I love that. I yes. know. I love that. I love that. It's, I want to acknowledge that like, yeah. okay, this could be a thing right. and we would still be okay. Right. We would maybe be missing something, but we would still be okay. Right. And I, I like, and just having that conversation, I was like, oh, nope, I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not there. I know that like, I see my boundaries getting farther and farther away. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. And like one night, the other night, like I sat up and was like, oh my God, let's, you know, I think we should create a boundary for this, this, and this. And my husband was like, I think we should maybe wait until we're actually in that position. If it happens, maybe this transfer is going to work. It's like, oh, right. Right. There's, right. We still have another option. Like, right. That's, right. I think I get, can get so like future planning of oh, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, right. that we forget where we're at right now. Right, right. I think that always, it's uh, just hearing your story, one, you're amazing. You're, you and your husband have gone through so much and you're amazing. <laughs> I know, you are amazing. <laughs> um, but I think the thing that really sticks out and the thing that I, that, that I feel like I've learned even from you is your ability to really comprehend the reality that you're in, in that mm -hmm. moment. It would sound like it was difficult in the beginning, but then mm -hmm. as you went through, it was like, I really need to be here in this. And then just that image of you holding Clementine is just the, the picture to me of this embracing the reality, you know? Yes. And then going forward like, throughout all of it, it's, it's really been, I think, inspiring. And it, what I see is like your anchor that like your feet are planted where you that are. It's really you know? good to hear. <laughs> yes, definitely. I feel like my because, biggest, oh no, go. Because it goes like, sometimes I'm not anchored and it floats around, but I know that like I have that anchor and I can use it because honestly, sometimes it feels good to like not know and cry and be scared. But I, yeah. I don't want to say feel good, but I feel like I know that I have to acknowledge that because yes. if I don't, I don't want to be where I was before. Right, right, right. Totally. I feel like my biggest takeaway is like how you guys are so on the same page. You and your husband mm -hmm. seem like on this, maybe not every single desire is the same or whatever, but it's like you guys very seem on the same page, which is very inspiring. Yes. And I feel yes. like and hard for some people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Especially with like this, in, with infertility. I mean, totally. with anything, I want to acknowledge like any traumatic thing in your life. But totally. I am very lucky that my husband and I are, I mean, I am a bubbly chatty person a lot of times he's like science but right like, <laughs> we do but, complement each other in a really nice way and that's amazing you guys are different 
but you compliment each other. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Very yeah. similar to this over here. I think so. it's a, yeah, I think it's just a, it's such a powerful lesson for all of us to learn is to just be where our feet are planted, you know, be where we are at, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the, you know, first eight months of figuring out, are we dealing with infertility? Are we not mm-hmm. be there? Or if mm-hmm. you're two years into it, be there. And it's so hard to be that for me, I never, I never wanted to be where I was. I always wanted to be at some yeah. destination and that's mm-hmm. always where the problems came from. That's kind of, that was always. a big part of why I wanted to start coaching is like, I wanted trying for a family is not usually fun. Like for the infertility right. world, 100%. like it can be right. fun for the people are like, Oh, I got pregnant very easily. Great <sighs> right. for you. It sucks for me apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I wanted to be, I, I learned that I had to create goals outside of infertility to feel successful because I had all my ideas were just on fertility and I needed to be like, there's more to me than just this. Yes. I want to be a mother. Yes. I want this to be my life, but I still need to feel successful. And that's kind of, I started creating goals and I met them and that's why I became a coach because it was like, I don't, it's so hard to see yourself out of that, especially when, you know, you're trying the herbs, you're going to acupuncture, you're doing the diets. Like it's hard to like look outside of it. And I was tired of feeling unsuccessful. It's like, God, I need a win. And so like one of our, one of my first goals was we bought an old school bus and we turned it into an RV and we're like, we have a win. (laughs) Yes. I flipping love that that thing. (laughs) If we ever, yes. If we ever come up to Chico, um, that's my first stop Absolutely, is your bus. That thing is amazing. No, and I think that is such a good point because I think sometimes also in the infertility world, if we don't have anything outside of our identity besides an infertility, then when you become a mom, that's all your identity. Right, and I didn't want to do that either. Right, exactly. And you can very easily see, that's not to shame anyone. That's just, no, you can very not. easily see that that can happen. And that's exactly the same with me. And I give advice to people of like, have something else in your life. It doesn't have to be a job, volunteer. Don't do absolutely. whatever, do something. Yes. And I feel and that very strongly. good to have a win. Like, yes. You need wins every now and then, even if they're like, oh, you drive a school bus now. But <laughs> totally, which I love. I love that. I love that. <laughs> love it. You said that you're a coach. How can people find find yes. you? Um, I yes, I'm a light, I'm a like a goal coach for those specifically dealing with infertility. And okay. um we work together to create goals specifically for you. Um and we meet on zoom if you're local we used to meet locally but um maybe someday we'll do that again and um you can find me at bloomingwithcare.com where i also have a blog but my coaching and things are there i have some new fun exciting ways that are coming out to work with me um that won't be necessarily of zoom that are coming out soon so for that awesome and um i'm always on instagram at blooming with care okay awesome and then love it i know you probably kind of said this but the goals would that be infertility goals or that's whole life goals or both Great question so usually uh they start out as infertility goals but as i say i'm not a doctor so i can't get or keep you pregnant right so usually they have to do with other um areas but as we all know everything comes back to infertility. Totally. Everything comes back to whatever right. thing you're dealing with. So, you know, like us getting this bus together really brought my husband and I together and felt like we had to win. And after we had that bus, we're like, maybe we can go see a doctor. Like we feel like mm. we are strong enough to do something like that. Yeah. Um, but also I work with a lot of women that are, haven't seen a doctor yet. And we okay. decide like together what, should, you know, should you see a doctor or some ways to look at that? So they can be, but it's in more of a internal way, not necessarily like I can 
help you get pregnant because I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> Neither are we. <laughs> Can't do it. That, yeah. Can't even if I tried. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. You are the flick freaking best. <laughs> The, you're the flicking best. You're the flicking best. I mean, you are. I felt it. Yeah, <laughs> it was there. Um, so thank you so 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 much for taking the time, taking an hour out of your day to hang out with us and tell us your I story. I'm so excited to do this. In fact, I wanted to say that you two are so amazing, oh. and what y'all do is so flicking cool. <laughs> that, like, I was when I was telling my uh, family that this was like, I was like, oh my god, you know that box that I got? This is them. These are those people. And so I just think what you do is so amazing my brother even used your hello gorgeous cup this morning yes. he was like these Woo. are the people right i, I like, love it these are the people. i so, love that thank you for what y'all do because it matters mm. it totally matters thank you that's awesome that is, yes. that's inspiring you, for us to hear too yeah yes. thank you those keep us going yeah. on those days where you're just like <laughs> right? okay what are we posting on instagram today Man. yeah <laughs> infertility is a it's a crazy world and you know me being just like like a guy talking about infertility um it's it's a lot we want people to feel their feelings to be in really in the reality of what they're in so that they can grow and deal with the grief uh but it sometimes feels like an uphill journey because what we're asking people to do is painful and I feel like you're an example of someone who really pursued through that pain and found a lot of joy and is yeah. currently finding joy and pain. It's all Absolutely. mixed in they, together. They come together. And I think that no matter what life we live, there is pain in life. And like, how are you going to react and respond to that? And that's something that I really like to focus and work on. And also like when I work with my clients, I like to know like, what are their takes on it? Because we all have these beautiful ways of coping that should, I want to share with people and be like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Because right. yeah, this is life. We get right. to, we, if we're lucky enough, we get a nice long time here. Yeah, It reminds exactly. me of this uh, last thing I'll say, this story that I heard just recently about Buffalo. And if you've ever heard this before, but out in the plains, like in Texas or something like that, when a storm is coming, cows will run away from the storm. They'll avoid the storm. They'll try to outrun the storm, but they end up dying because they can't outrun the storm. But right. buffalo actually run into the storm because they oh. realize if they run into it, they can run through it quicker and more oh. efficient. So they run through the pain, but they actually end up finding the light on the other side. When the, when the cattle on the opposite, that they end up... <laughs> Seriously. Who's, so who what I'm trying to say is you're a buffalo. <laughs> yeah. I will take that. I will absolutely take that. I'll but that picture of you running towards the storm so that yeah. you can actually go through it, you deal, you have to go through it no matter what. Yes. But running away from it actually ends up killing you when running absolutely. towards it uh, actually saves you. Oh, that's powerful. I love that. Thank Dang. you for sharing that. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, we will do this again. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. We need a follow-up and that, you know, maybe a little while here. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yes. Of course. Talk to you soon.